it's about connecting people and uh, resources around professional learning in a way that uh, you know we can all take advantage of. It's, it's an ambitious project because in a way we wanted to be mindful about the quality of the information. So we allow uh, centers to participate, but uh, they, they have to designate a person who's gonna be entering the information. You're listening to Speaking of Language, a podcast recorded at the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. Each week, we explore a topic related to language pedagogy and second language acquisition. This week on Speaking of Language. Julio Rodriguez joins us to discuss Amplify, a resource aggregator of professional learning experiences for world language education. Welcome to a new episode of Speaking of Language. I'm Angelica Kramer, the director of the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. And I'm Sam Lupowitz, the LRC's media manager. Can you hear the waves? No. Neither can I, but our guest today can. Julio Rodriguez is the director of the Language Flagship Technology Innovation Center, the director of the Center for Language and Technology, and the director of the National Foreign Language Resource Center, all at the University of Hawaii in Manoa. I'm exhausted just reading all of this. The Technology Innovation Center just launched a resource aggregator of professional learning experiences for world language education called Amplify, and we are excited to hear all about it. Welcome to Speaking of Language, Julio. Thank you. Super happy to be here. Before we hear more about this new exciting Amplify resource, please tell us a little bit about your background, the research that you do, the work that you do, your path with languages. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, I, I, I've always been somehow connected to languages since uh, I started off, you know, with my BA, <laughs> um, which is not really a BA. In Argentina, it's more like a uh, graduate degree in translation. Mm -hmm. That was my first um, incursion into language education. And then uh, my original idea was I was going to become an interpreter. And I did that for about a year or two almost. Mm -hmm. uh, but it didn't quite work out for me. I didn't like uh, that area as much. Um, so teaching became something that appealed to me. So um, I ended up teaching and I mm -hmm. loved it. And um, then I had half a life in Argentina working uh, in language education. And my other half life has been in the U.S. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I first came to the U.S. Um, on a, an exchange program that was amazing, uh, helping with Spanish. And then after that, um, I became interested in second language acquisition and technology. Mm -hmm. And at that point, uh, Iowa State University was the only one that had a web page back in 93, 94. <laughs> <laughs> So I was, it was actually Gopher. Remember Gopher? Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> so they had a Gopher page. And so I thought, oh, okay, so this is probably the place to be. Hmm. And uh, I, I decided uh, after I did a BA in Whitman College in German, <laughs> that was my BA. Session. Uh, I did uh, an MA in Applied Linguistics at Iowa okay. State. And then uh, I became interested in instructional design. 
and my PhD is uh, in instructional design and language teacher education. Teacher education was the emphasis of the program in Iowa, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, I love that emphasis. And at that point, there was not much in uh, you know uh, synergies between language between teacher education mm -hmm. and applied linguistics. So yeah. I thought that was a perfect niche for me. Yeah. Great. Well, our listeners want to know about Amplify, or at least we've promised them they'd learn about it. So can you tell us what is it and how did it come about? All right. Uh, I guess I'll start with the latter, how it came about. Sure. <laughs> so I'll give you a little bit of the context. Um, so the Language Flagship Technology Innovation Center is the sponsor of this project, and um, it started in 2015, uh, and a, a big... Um, emphasis of the center has been to um, try to get new ideas and innovation into language education. And we try to work with uh, at least three sectors, very broadly defined. One of them is the government. Uh, we work with colleagues in the government. The, the project is sponsored by the government, uh, mm -hmm. by the Department of Defense. Um, we try to work with the pri private sector as well. Um, so we have some collaborations with uh, private companies and some projects that apply to that, like uh, the Launchpad uh, mm -hmm. that we held at Actful last year. Um, and we also do a lot of work with um, uh, academia, of course. So yeah. th that's where our colleagues uh, come into play. And we, we try to collaborate across institutions beyond flagship, um, trying to discover needs and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, innovations that might help uh, language education. So one of the things that we have been doing since the center started uh, has been to bring in together colleagues from different professions, from different fields that sometimes intersect with language education. Uh, so we have had gatherings where we have had representation from, um, you know, academia, the government and businesses. Um, and when we talk about academia, it's very broad because we sometimes bring in people from, for, exa for example, human language technologies mm. or from uh, computer, uh, computer science, computational linguistics, everything that intersects with language education and that has some bearings with technology. So uh, Amplify was uh, born at one of these gatherings. Uh, this last gathering was... Uh, last year, 2019, it feels much longer than a year. <laughs> yes, it feels it does. like it's been zeons <laughs> ago. It's just, yeah. Um, but this was almost <laughs> a little bit over a year. And uh, Angelica was uh, one yep. of our participants. So we're happy to have her there. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that I always wanted to do was to get uh, language center directors together. Uh, in a way that we could collaborate and bring in also students and faculty to the mix. So this was a wonderful opportunity to try to do that. So the, the flagship works with uh, 24 institutions of higher education. And uh, uh, at this gathering, we tried to bring in uh, the language center directors that work at those institutions, but we also opened it up to uh, any other language center director that was interested. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had a wonderful um, response and we had a lot of people um, come to the event. So yeah. at the event itself, um, the event was a little bit, let's say, blended uh, because they had a little bit of homework to do. Before coming to the event, we asked people to uh, tell us what uh, 
make a little poster in Padlet <laughs> and tell us what projects that we're working on. And then at the event itself, uh, we did a little bit of cross-pollination. We asked people to take a look at the projects that everybody was working on. And that was the inspiration to create groups at the event uh, around projects that were of interest to everybody there. Um, one of those uh, groups was called originally PD Lang, uh, a PD for professional development. Um, so that PD Lang group um, came up with this uh, idea of having some sort of way to share professional development with uh, uh, directors of different centers. And uh, after the event, uh, we followed up and we kept working on, uh, you know, getting people together, uh, getting people to talk about uh, defining a little bit the idea a little bit more. Um, and out of the five groups that uh, were created at this event, uh, two uh, kept going. And uh, that was part of our expectation. We, mm -hmm. we didn't think that everybody was going to be following up. And some of the projects were really pie-in-the-sky sort of projects, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like uh, XR and things that are a little yeah. bit more complex uh, than, than, you know, the kind of technology we're looking at. So Amplify was one of those perfect projects because it was relatively... Uh, easy to implement in terms of technology. Uh, it's more brains than technology that, mm. that need to be involved in this. And uh, it was a way to uh, actually do something that people seem to be interested in. So the, the goal of Amplify is to have an index of professional development um, experiences, we call them, uh, that every center uh, can enter um, into the system. And that way, uh, there are a couple of things or affordances that come out of having this repository of professional learning opportunities. So one of them is that as a language center director myself, I learn what other centers are doing mm -hmm. uh, yeah. in a very focused way. Uh, I don't have to go to everybody's web pages or see, uh, you know, sometimes we don't have the chance to update our web pages as often as we uh, probably should. And yep. Sometimes, you know, the information is kind of scattered in social media or things like that. So having this um, sort of hub where I could, for example, as a tech center director, see what other colleagues are doing, mm -hmm. uh, we thought this was, yeah, a, a wonderful. Um, and by the way, all these ideas were shaped and refined by the group. I'm just expressing what was produced, right? Mm -hmm, it's, it's, mm -hmm, not a, yeah. it's not my brainchild. It's the brainchild yeah. of the whole group. Yeah. Um, so the... The other thing that is, uh, uh, I think, another affordance that Amplify has is that uh, you are able to, as, as people put uh, more and more uh, resources in the system, we are building a taxonomy of what uh, those resources are about. Um, mm -hmm. There are different ways to go about that. Um, uh, we do have some sort of data model that we came up with the group. Uh, but it's very open and very flexible. So things are being connected and, and linked in ways that the group thinks is uh, meaningful. So the system allows you to do that, create your own uh, tags, and it has a little bit of curation on our side to uh, you know, make things uh, coherent. And as time goes by, uh, I, I'm guessing things are going to start collapsing into terms mm -hmm. that we all refer to. Yeah. Um, the the um, 
Other uh, affordance that this has is that because you enter a professional learning experience into the system, uh, you when you do that, uh, the, you enter a lot of metadata about that uh, professional development experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of those things is who is the expert doing this professional mm -hmm. learning experience. So what that allows us to do is to create profiles of folks who present on certain topics. And as the system grows, um, you can see that there are people who are being invited by different centers to do talks about uh, particular things. Yeah. And that allows you, allows us to identify people who are knowledgeable mm -hmm. in an area who we can bring to our center to do maybe the same thing or something different, but within the topic that they have been um, associated with in the system. So this, uh, I think, I, I, find, I, I mean, lately I have found this uh, super useful, especially because uh, I don't have, for example, um, uh, expertise in, in um, you know, social justice. Mm -hmm. It's something that is coming up over and over. Sure. And uh, one of the things that uh, I saw is, for example, that the uh, University of Wisconsin at Madison is, is doing a, a, a great series uh, on mm -hmm. uh, social justice with people that I had never known mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. So this is really where the potential of this is, I think. Yeah. Um, it's, it's about, um, you know, connecting people and uh, resources around professional learning in a way that, uh, you know, we can all take uh, mm -hmm. advantage of. It's, yeah. it's an ambitious project because in a way um, it does, uh, we wanted to create a, a, a big, be mindful about the quality of the information. So sure. we allow uh, centers to participate, but uh, they, they have to designate a person who's going to be entering the information. And as the uh, system grows, we, we discover new things and new needs. Uh, for example, mm -hmm. in the last, uh, after the first pilot, uh, uh, we realized that it may be a little bit odd for people to see themselves in this system if we haven't told them uh, that, uh, you know, this oh. information is going to be shared <laughs> through Amplify. Sure, yeah. Uh, so now we have a way, uh, you know, we have some information there and the expectation from centers to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, have a, a media release sign that also includes Amplify as one of the mm -hmm. places where mm -hmm. uh, things are going to be posted. And uh, so far, I think it's been uh, well-received uh, and and I, I look forward to... Uh, seeing how this grows, yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully it will. Um, you know, it's, uh, there are so many technology projects that, uh, uh, you know, start with a push, but then uh, kind of get, um, you know, either sidetracked or sort of not maintained as well. So mm -hmm. uh, the advantage of this one of Amplify is that maintenance is very, very low. Yeah. So we built something that we think even if there is no sponsor funding, we will be able to maintain mm -hmm. and keep us a resource. Yeah. Um, so when you say that this is basically for language centers, does that only include the Title VI centers, or is that also broader thinking, kind of like Pathways was, where you also extended it beyond just the Title VI ones? It's the latter. So it's uh, very, very broad interpretation of center. Okay. And we are aware that sometimes 
institutions may not have a language center per se, but they may have a person at the library, for example, mm -hmm. sure. who works on uh, uh, language education and specializes in professional development or is the contact person to bring professional development to the university for language educators. Mm -hmm. That person would be the contact person that would uh, enter uh, information in the system if they create something at their institution. Sure. Because um, that's the uh, actual uh, um, thing too. It's 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 uh, the resources we have in Amplify are resources that the uh, institutions that are entering the resource are the sponsors of that um, mm -hmm. event or or the creators of those materials. Mm -hmm. So that actually brings me to the next question: Exactly what? what are people contributing or what do you hope that people are contributing? Because I'm thinking um, you've talked about all these wonderful professional development experiences. Would this be a place where I can see what's coming up in terms of speaker series or is this usually after the fact, after some something tangible exists? It's, uh, it's actually both. Okay. Uh, when you go to the website, what you see is if there is something coming up, that's what is highlighted in order, in chronological order. So the first thing that is coming up uh, after, or you, you know, when, when you open the website is what is highlighted. Uh, if there is nothing coming up, uh, you still have a record of everything that was done uh, or that was actually entered right into the system. Mm -hmm. um, what we have noticed is that there is a couple of different um, uh, types of experiences, and this is also part of how you define things. So we allow the system to create series of experiences, because uh, sometimes there is, uh, for example, uh, like I was mentioning, uh, social justice can be the topic of four or five different sure. uh, webinars, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, there is a way for whoever enters the information to link those so that uh, it's not just you know the the particular webinar but all four of them are linked together um, so we see uh, some of those that are uh, you know like the the uh, sort of more like isolated experiences right like uh, for example we, we have one I think that is on accessibility on a particular topic um, so that's uh, also an option um, and it we also have some that are very technical, like uh, uh, our center is now working a little bit more with um, faculty who are interested in uh, uh, natural language processing and Python mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is one of those tools that are uh, very much developed for that. So we had a couple of uh, uh, workshops on Python and so that's, that's uh, very different from all the other things that you can see there uh, when you enter a professional learning or professional development uh, event or experience uh, is not just the uh, information about what it was about, uh, but also any resources that get created after the event uh, can be also uh, entered into the system. So, for example, if there were handouts or if there was a recording of the event, all those resources can be added to mm. the event later mm -hmm. on. So in some cases, you're going you're to be able to see the actual webinar or the actual resource. And yeah. uh, in some cases, you're going to be able to download, um, you know, the, the materials that were used for it. Um, so that's 
some of, um, and we expect those materials to be open, right? Sure, sure. To, to be uh, open for people to reuse them. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that um, the the plan would be that this is not just speaker series and webinars, but also all sorts of other materials, possibly research reports or um, curricular materials, just anything that people are willing to to share. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, materials are, uh, I think the only constraint is uh, focusing on professional development for mm -hmm. world language education, which is extremely yep. broad, right? Yep. Um, but as long as you are within uh, the confines of, of that broad description, you, you're good. Yeah, wonderful. Can users view all the um, opportunities and experiences that are there without having author access as well? Or do you have to be a contributor in order to see what's going on? Uh, no, you don't need to be a contributor. It's uh, an open website. Uh, so if you go to the Tech Center website, there's a link there and... Uh, there's also a, uh, there will be a direct <laughs> website once we figure out what the URL is going to be. Amplify <laughs> okay. is a rather new thing. Um, so it's, uh, uh, it's, you know, it's open. So anybody can go and see um, lurking aloud. So the lead for the project is uh, Dr. Richard Medina. And he is a new faculty member in the um, language flagship technology innovation center um, mm -hmm. so he's in charge he, he has a degree in computer science and an interest in language education um, mm -hmm. so he's the lead of this project and he's the one who can answer technical questions and eventually the one that you will be talking to if you mm -hmm. request an account nice wonderful well i think this will be very beneficial for us here because i know that we've talked about um, you know, what are other centers doing right now? What's going on in the general field? You know, what are people interested in, in terms of professional development? So having this one-stop shopping, this one aggregator, I think is, is really fantastic. And um, it's really wonderful that, that this came out of Pathways and that your center is sponsoring that. So thank you very much for this beautiful contribution. Absolutely, yeah. And you mentioned you have uh, listeners from all over so mm -hmm. uh, this is also open beyond the US so we, we're not um, uh, you know just trying to do sure, uh, local yeah. things because uh, the idea is to, to share um, you know resources and expertise mm -hmm. and uh, we're so um, separate yet very together uh, because of zoom and other technologies that um, I, I can recall another time in my life where I've been so much connected with people through technology, partly because of the need, right? But uh, it, hopefully this is uh, also going to be a silver lining mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, allowing us to get more and more resources into the yeah, system. No, absolutely. Yeah. And sharing is caring, right? I mean, I, I really like the push toward open educational resources. Yes. Any other updates you'd like to share from your many roles? <laughs> um, well, um, we're actually holding a hackathon, not a hackathon. We just held a hackathon, which was amazing. That was, uh -huh. that was uh, a, a truly inspiring event with students online. Um, and that was over a four-day period. And we I was so concerned because I thought, oh, my gosh, what's going to keep them 
coming back and, uh-huh. and doing this thing in four days, you know, yeah. who is going to show up the last day? Well, everybody showed up. That's <laughs> and awesome. And they did this wonderful uh, uh, display of ideas uh, of the kind of tools that they would like to have as language learners. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that uh, I thought it was super inspiring. And uh, even though there was one winner, all the ideas, we had six groups that came up with technology wow. solutions for language learning problems. Mm-hmm. And uh, and some of them were, the, the, the winner was actually, uh, one of the features was making listening more difficult, <laughs> which is something <laughs> nice. <laughs> which is something that we wouldn't think about. Yeah. But, uh, uh, they gamified the product they came up with, and they wanted to challenge themselves. Hmm. So uh, basically, you listen, and you when you listen, you can actually put it in challenging mode, or I can remember what the mode was. Mm-hmm. Um, so leave it up to students to come up with things that are, you know, as language teachers, we go the other way yeah, trying no to make kidding. things That's easier, awesome. right? Um, and this was also part of the, the tech center, right? That's another event that the Tech Center sponsors. Uh-huh. Um, it's a hackathon. We call it Hack the Flagship, which is basically uh-huh. for students to come up with ideas to hack their learning through technology tools they imagine, right? Mm-hmm. And some of these are very simple. They're just a question of uh, enabling them and, and making them available to them. Yeah. So they could be, uh, I mean, like pathways, you know, we don't expect all the projects to sure. come to fruition, but um, some of them will. Um uh, coming down the pipeline, we are going to sponsor a launch, but uh, which is mm. um, the same uh, sort of activity we had with at Actful, but this time it's outside Actful because Actful is so much uh, condensed this year. Yeah. Um, so we, we're holding the launch, but as a tech center event, and we have five wonderful uh, startup companies uh, that probably nobody has heard of. Hmm. <laughs> uh, and that's the reason why they are in the Launchpad. Um, and if, if you're not familiar with that uh, particular event, basically it's, it's, it's a little bit like a shark tank with no investment behind it, only yeah. really professional and positive feedback. Uh, so these new companies that are creating language products uh, for the world language education field, uh, have an opportunity to present their products uh, to a group of judges, and uh, then there is a winner selected from that competition. Um, so it's it's a really um, interesting event. I think it's uh, um, taken us uh, through a very interesting path, which is working with companies and understanding their constraints and uh, the issues they face. Um, which sometimes, you know, in academia, we don't quite uh, understand, right? Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's a great <laughs> opportunity for uh, discovery, for people yeah. to discover new things and, and new ways to do technology and language. Yeah, you know? yeah that's such an, a fascinating aspect. I mean, I really like everything that, that comes out of the Language Flagship Technology Innovation Center. Well, the stuff you. that you guys do is, is truly innovative. And, and I also particularly appreciate that it doesn't only focus on the educator, but that there are so many projects and programs that really ask learners for their input, too. I do think we sometimes forget that they are an important stakeholder um, with their own thoughts and ideas of what should happen in the language classroom. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. That has been an inspiration since uh, we started, which we, we the conceptual framework was 
uh, design thinking and mm -hmm. uh, the a, an important concept within design thinking is bringing in all the stakeholders yep. to the table yep. and understanding um, you know being a day in the life of uh, so you understand yeah. yep. how things work um, and that's that's usually difficult uh, mm -hmm. to do but mm -hmm. when you get people together and talking together yeah we think that that will result in uh, some of the things that we hope uh, will be assets, uh, you know, in the products that get created. One of them is sustainability, which yeah. is so much needed. Um, yeah. you, you, you know, as well as I know, you know, how many things get created in academia that lack the support afterwards mm -hmm. because sure. the systems are too complex or the person who designed them retired or... So that doesn't happen in the private sector as much because mm -hmm. they have... Uh, the need to survive. Sure. And if you don't, uh, you know, work with your customers, you're mm -hmm. dead. So uh, we need to learn about that too, mm -hmm. how how that, uh, you know, can be uh, something that is an asset for yeah. the way we do things in technology and language education. Yeah, so that's, sure. that's one of the goals. Wonderful. Well, Julio, before we sign off, we'd like to ask you to share your favorite word in a language that you speak, that you love, oh. that you are learning, that you have learned. What is that favorite word? You told me about that and it made me think so much because I don't <laughs> have a particular word. I feel bad being partial. But there is, you know, with, because of my background as translator, there is a category of words that I love, which uh -huh. is those that are almost impossible to translate mm. from one language to the other without having to go and read and read and listen and listen and encounter the word in a thousand different contexts so that you get a little sense of what it means in that uh -huh. language. And then whenever people say, what does this mean? I say, well, it depends. <laughs> you know, tell me where you say. I love those words because it's, uh, and in my particular case, it's, uh, I'm a bit biased because my uh, first love was German. So, Gemütlichkeit uh, ah. is my uh, favorite word because uh, I've seen it translated into English and Spanish in different ways and mm -hmm. into French, and they never are the same. And it's, they always translate it in ways that, uh, I think I would have never thought about that, but yeah. <laughs> so, Gemütlichkeit. Nice. Uh, and all the colleagues of those words. <laughs> and we ask our listeners to just look up all the different meanings of it now. So we're not even going to tell okay. you what it is. It, it, that's me included, the, the exactly. one non-German speaker among us. You included, yes. Sam. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> well... Thanks so much for speaking of language with us, Julio. Absolutely. It was a pleasure to be here. And it's always a pleasure to talk to Angelica. <laughs> um, we, we've known each other for a long time. And yep. I always appreciate her views and how, how fresh uh, her thoughts are always. So. <laughs> Next week, you'll hear from Christopher Romalik. Dr. Romalik is professor of Spanish and coordinator of Spanish and French at Onondaga Community College in Syracuse. He will give a talk as part of our monthly LRC speaker series tomorrow on universal design for learning and the implications for language educators. The video of his talk will be posted on our website at lrc.cornell.edu. And of course, you can listen to next week's episode online. Until then, 
Auf Wiederhören. The Language Resource Center is located on the ground floor of Stimson Hall on Cornell's main campus in Ithaca, New York. Check us out on the web at lrc.cornell.edu or look for Cornell LRC on Facebook and Twitter. Speaking of Language is produced by Angelica Kramer and Sam Lupowitz. Recorded by Sam Lupowitz. Original music by Sam Lupowitz, Dan Gable, and Joe Gibson. Thanks also to the College of Arts and Sciences at Cornell University. As a reminder, the ideas and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of the College of Arts and Sciences or any other official entity of Cornell University. We thank our listeners, and do stay tuned for our next episode.